And it's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay for you not to go and get some help. But then it's not okay for you to be the boy that cried wolf either. Can't keep making up mental health scenarios in your in your head or making up scenarios in your head manipulating people. That's not good. That's not good at all. But I just wanted to give that little sidebar that I've had six months of mental sobriety and I'm very excited and then I'm still taking the medicine, still going to the doctor, still trying to figure out this mental health journey, this self, self-love self journey that I'm on. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. Hi, welcome to the elephant in the room. I am your host. I am Adrian Michelle Freeman, and I have been gone for a way, for a while, but I'm back now. And today we're going to talk about a couple of topics. But my main topic I want to talk to you about is called Seasonal Affective Disorder, and it's also called SAD. It's a, it's a, it's a great acronym, but you'll, once I start talking about it, you'll be like, oh yeah, in lieu of daylight savings time that we've experienced, I thought it would be a great topic for us all to talk about. But right now, before we jump into that topic, there are a couple of things that I just want to touch on that I had um that been on my heart. I want to say um, rest in peace to Bishop Rance Allen and to Sean Connery. I'm sick of 2020. I'm sick of it. All these people passing away. It's, it's ridiculous. I just, you know, two in one day, I, I, I can't. Um, but rest in peace to, um, to Bishop and to Sean Connery. Um, I read somewhere Khloe Kardashian had um, got COVID but it ain't gonna have it long because it don't stick to plastic, so you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny to me. Chloe Kardashian got the COVID. Mm, but like I said, she ain't gonna have it long because it don't stick to plastic, so we ain't got to worry about Chloe being sick long. But I do wanna send a prayer to all those people that have had it and lost loved ones to it. It's nothing to play with. You know, who would have thought washing your hands would have caused a nationwide pandemic? I mean, I'm a daycare teacher, and I feel about washing hands all day long. You just, you have to. You have to stay on them, have to stay vigilant, diligent about washing hands. Here I go, not being able to talk again today. And what else do I want to talk about before I jump into topics? Yesterday was North Carolina's last day to vote, early. We got November 3rd, but I went and voted yesterday. I thought it was going to be a long, drawn-out process, but it took me 15 minutes from the time I went in to the time I came back out again. So I did my civic duty. I voted. Um, So, you know, um, the morning after, November 4th, I can bitch about who won or who lost. So... You know, it's important if you haven't voted to go out November 3rd and go vote. It's important. They said this is the most important election of our lifetime. They say that every time. Just do your civic duty. If you're, you know, you can register to vote that same day, just just do it. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to make a fuss. You don't have to show your pen. You don't have to show your sticker. Just go vote. It, it's it's just it's it's so important now because we're living in a time now where everything is on the line. 
everything. This election can change everything for me because I have pre-existing health conditions, so I don't know what might happen to me come November 4th with my Obamacare. I don't know what might happen. What else? The kids go back to school tomorrow. I've been waiting for these kids to go back to school since they got out back in March. Oh my goodness, it's too much. This remote learning, I have learned more about computers than I wanted to. I could get an IT job right now somewhere in somebody's office. I have worked on computers. I don't have to type in passwords. I don't have to create passwords. Having to go into this, to this app, to that app, talk to this teacher, call this school, talk to that teacher, send, take a screenshot of this homework, take a screenshot of that homework, reading, writing, math, number lines, all that. I'm sick of it. I want them to go back to school and get all the learning that they can get. But then I heard there's a catch that they may go to school two days out of the week. Oh, no, I need them to go all five in a row. You know what I'm saying? I need them to go in a row. I need them to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I need them to go all five days. Mm -mm. I have learned all I have and all I can about computers. Like I said, I could go for an IT job right now. But there's one thing that I want to talk about that's really important that nobody's talked about on the news. And if they have, it's been very limited. His name was Walter Wallace Jr. He was from Philadelphia. He was having a mental health episode and his mother, like most parents do, she panicked, she called the police. The police get there, he has a knife. He kept going towards them with the knife and mom kept trying to calm him down. He had mental health issues. And she just thought the police would calm and, and de-escalate him and talk to him and calm him down. And, you know, maybe take him to the hospital and, you know, get him sedated, get his medicines right, what have you, whatever. But that wasn't the case. That, 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 was, not, that was not the case at all. Um, he lost his life that day. The police shot him seven times right there in front of his mother. Um, when they say we want to defund the police, we don't want to take away funding from the police departments. That's not what we're talking about. But we put so much money into flat jackets, into new cars, you know, into buying new guns, new weapons. Why don't they take some money and put it in the CID training? Why don't they train these police officers mental health skills? Teach them how to de-escalate a person who's having a break from reality instead of killing them. Okay, he had a knife. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay, he had a knife, and he kept coming towards them. You could have shot his hand. You could have shot him in the knee. You could have done something. But to kill him in front of his parents, that's, that's not called for, you know, he had mental health issues, and that's why black mental health matters, too. When we say black lives matter, black mental health lives matter, too. Let's not, let's not sit there and, and, and put our heads buried in the sand. 
that's the whole reason I do this podcast is we're going to talk about mental health in such a way that we're going to get our heads out of the sand and we are going to address the elephant in the room. Um, yeah, but go and look him up. It was Walter Wallace Jr. in Philadelphia shot to death. Mental health issue. So that's why I say when we defund the police, that's what we're doing. We need to defund them. We need to take that money. Again, like I said, in the guns and the flat jackets and the cruisers and all this stuff. And we need to take it into training. They need to have the same kind of mental health training that I've had. They need to have suicide prevention training. They need to have, you know, mental health first aid. They need to have those things. Because without those, you know, you're just going to kill a whole bunch of innocent people that need to go to the hospital or who are off their medicines, can't afford them, and, and just have breaks morality, and their families don't know what to do. So what do they do? They call the police. So there, and, and there you are. You having a break from reality, you got a knife, you're freaking out, you think about hurting yourself, they think you're going to hurt somebody, and then next thing you know, you're dead. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's tragic and it's sad and it's unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. So, so, so unnecessary. Now, I'm a believer in the Second Amendment. I believe the right to bear arms. But I think that when you have a gun, there comes a level of responsibility. You know, beauticians and barbers have more hours in classroom than police officers do. Let that sink into your spirit for a minute. I can go to school right now and study cosmetology, become a beautician, stylist, cosmetologist, whatever, whatever word you want to put with that. I have more clock hours that I have to occur than a police officer does to go out here with a gun, a baton, and, and, and putting your life into their hands. Think about that. Teachers, me for example, I'm going to a training Friday. I go to training, stay in school, stay in school. Police officers go to school, boom, that's it. You may get first aid CPR every three years, but we're constantly getting trained constantly being trained and you know I think teachers need mental health training as well the things that we see the things that we hear the things that we experience I think we need mental health training too but that's just a side note but back to the police police officers aren't trained like they should be now I'm not bashing the police because I have a um I have a degree in criminal justice. I'm not going to sit here and bash the police. I'm not going to sit here and, and talk and bash them. But, but we, we need training. We need training. We need to be trained in how to handle people that are suicidal, that are mentally, you know, not well, that are schizophrenic. We need to help those people. We can't just leave them out there to languish in the world. And we sure can't as hell shoot them when we pull up to a scene. Seven times you shot him? Couldn't you just shot him to get the knife out of his hand? 
He obviously, his mother called because she wanted him to get some help. She didn't call because she wanted y'all to shoot him and kill him. I just need y'all to think about that for a minute. I just really need y'all to think about that. His name was Walter Wallace Jr. Look it up. Read about it. Happens all the time. You get a call, 911 call, somebody out of control, somebody's this, that, and the third, and you don't have a good CID trained officer to come out there and de-escalate and calm them down and get them to the hospital, but you kill them. Happens every day. You just don't hear about it. And it's sad. It's so, so sad. Okay, now that I've done got you all depressed and everything, let's go ahead and talk about um, our topic of today. <laughs> ah. Seasonal affective disorder, otherwise known as SAD. I know with lieu of daylight savings time, it's going to get darker soon. Cold weather's coming. It's kind of chilly outside right now. They're talking about a frost morning overnight. You know, we went from it being 80 degrees two weeks ago to it's like 62 degrees right now. You know, it's going to get darker earlier. You know, we're going to be in that, in that low month right now, months, because we won't go back until daylight savings time until March. So we have November, December, January, February, March. We have five months roughly of just this crazy early five o'clock, it's dark weather. And there are a lot of things that come with that with people like me that have depression. You know, we tend to eat more carbs in the winter. We lose interest in things. We sleep more. We, um, we tend to gain weight. We, we, uh, it's almost a form of hibernation, I guess you'd say. You know, you would, um, I equate it to being hibernating, hibernating like a bear would in the wintertime. But it's a real, it's a real disorder. It's, they try to make it like bipolar because it only comes in seasons and it doesn't last that long. But um, they can kill that noise. I think it's just a depressive state that you get into and that you have to take a lot of work to get out of because today I was thrown off a little bit today because I thought it was 11 o'clock and I look around it's 10 o'clock. So I was kind of thrown off of my spot too a little bit, but I noticed that I do want to sleep more, that I, that I want to eat, but I don't eat carbs because carbs are just, that's just nothing but sugar. But I noticed that I do eat a lot, and in the wintertime, people tend to gain weight. And again, they're lethargic. They lose interest in things. It's just a, it's a major form of depression. But I wanted to address it today because, again, in lieu of daylight savings time and just trying to keep ourselves healthy, in lieu of COVID-19, just trying to find ways to get out, get moving, you know, one of the things that I purchased that I love is, is the little light, little salt lamp, you know, kind of a little Himalayan salt lamp. They sell them at Family Dollar, Walmart, Amazon, Target, 
you know, Bed Bath Beyond and those white lights. They sell those too. Those are two good things to have when you have like seasonal depression. I, I think they're good. I, they're good for me. Now, I don't know what might work for somebody else, but for me, I know that the salt lamp and the white light helps tremendously as far as mood, as far as, you know, not being so depressed. And another thing that helps, too, that I've talked about before is therapy. CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Excuse me. I, I think it's good, too. I think it's good to go somewhere and think about things and talk it out and have somebody help you talk it out and think it on over and think it through without just doing something all willy-nilly. Then you looking back embarrassed, ain't got no friends. You don't act as a whole fool when you can sit down with somebody and say, hey, this is what's happening. Help me work my way through it and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of what CBT is for me. Talk therapy. Because I like to talk and run my mouth. But those um, is some of the things that I, I just, I, I experienced when I get seasonal depression. Because I didn't realize it was seasonal depression. I just thought the time change, it gets dark early, gets dark early, go to bed sooner. I didn't know that it was going to affect me in such a way that I was going to want to sleep more, that I was going to eat more, I lose, I would lose interest in things that I wanted to do, that, um, you know, my, my, the, my body would change, I would gain weight. I, I just, I, I didn't know that. But, you know, again, it's a seasonal disorder. It is not like bipolar. Bipolar disorder, now this is the way I read it, when I define it when I read it, and this is my interpretation. Your interpretation can be completely different, but it's moments in time where you have great highs, you have great lows. You don't have great highs and lows all, all, all day long. You're not doing this all day long. You're not doing, no, 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 no. You're having a period of time where you're you're up on cloud nine and you take risks and you do things you know these grandiose ideas and you stay up for days at a time and you're just real hyper and then you have periods where you're really aggravated and depressed and sad and lonely maybe suicidal maybe not that is what bipolar disorder is to me but then you're looking at this podcast, and you're looking at this live, and you're saying, well, hey, that's what seasonal affective disorder is. No, I don't think so. Because I think that it's a, it's a form of depression. You know, we've gone from the summer, you know, being hot, not getting dark till 8, 39 o'clock, being able to be outside late, be out late as to where... You know, they're rolling up the sidewalk at 5 o'clock. You know what I mean? They're, you know, people are shutting their doors, locking their windows, and everything at 5 o'clock. It's, it's completely different than, than bipolar. But, you know, the studies have shown that in Florida, one in four people have it. No, excuse me, 1.4% of the population 
has seasonal affective disorder as opposed to 9.9% of people in Alaska. You know, it stays dark up there for hours. You know, it stays dark up in Alaska for hours and hours. And I was reading some of those statistics that people down here in the lower, the lower 48 don't have what they have in Alaska. And those numbers were kind of crazy. 1.4% of people, you know, in Florida, and then 9.9% of people in Alaska. But then you gotta understand, like I said, Alaska, they have 12 hours of darkness. They have dark, they have darkness for hours. You know, it gets dark here, then, you know, it'll get dark at five o'clock tonight, and then the sun will be up by six. Because it really thinks it's seven. And something else I learned about daylight savings time, too, that has to do with the seasonal affective disorder. They had done away with it for, for many years, and then it came back into being in 1966. They had brought daylight savings time back, which I think is just a useful piece of trivia that I like to talk about that has nothing to do with anything. But if I ever go to trivia night, I'm ready. But, um, yeah, seasonal affective disorder, sad. You'll notice it in yourself. You'll, you'll, you'll notice if you have it because you'll just, again, lose interest in things. You'll want to eat more carbs. You'll want to lay around. You'll want to, um, your body, your hormones will change, they say. The, the, the things that I was reading, I was like, this is crazy. This is absolutely bananas. I had no earthly idea. But like I said, I knew that I had it a couple years ago just based on my behaviors and things of that nature. But then too, I gotta remember, I wasn't taking medication for a long time. So now that I take medication, I think this will be the first time The first time in, in a long, 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 long time that I'm taking medication and we're getting ready to go through the time change or have gone through the time change. So I'm going to be willing to see and chart how my behavior is now as opposed to what it was last year and what it will be going forward. Very kind of, I'm very super curious about that and about how my mental health journey um, since I've been on medicine the past couple months has been. And I have another alert. Alert, 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 alert. Let's pause on SAD for a minute, the seasonal affective disorder. I wanted to share some good news with everybody. See how my ADHD has kicked in there, y'all? I go from one topic to another. But since I know you all love me, you all would just go on this journey with me. I have had six months of mental sobriety. And what that and what that means is I haven't had a meltdown, I haven't had a real I haven't had any kind of a mental health issue. I haven't wanted to hurt myself, I haven't wanted to do those types of things, I haven't lied on anybody, I haven't done anything that was detrimental to my mental health or to my self esteem. 
And I'm just very, 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 very proud of myself. Because this is the first time I've been on medicine consistently too, my whole life. Ever since I realized I was eight years old and I had a mental health issue, and ever since I was 13, the first time I went into therapy up till now. I've taken lots of medications all the time. I've taken, I've taken everything. But to consistently take it and still being able to function, I hadn't done that before my whole life. So I just want to say that it's been hard. It's been very life-affirming. I've learned a lot about myself. As to where I was a social media maven. I was constantly on social media. I was living and dying by if people liked my post or liked me or not. And, and now that I've been on the medication and I've had time to think about what Facebook and Instagram and Twitter really are, I feel so much better. So much better. I mean, I have times where I, 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 I'm on Facebook all the time or whatever. But not like I used to be, and and posting stuff all the time. Not like I used to. I um. I realized that my mental health was more than just a thumbs up or a heart emoji. So I just am very proud of myself because taking medicine for six months is hard. It's hard that you have to get up, remember to take it. You have to remember to take it in the morning, in the afternoon, take it at night. When you get low on refills, you have to go get your refills. You have to go take it. You have to go get it. You have to take it. You have to be real consistent with it. You have to go to the doctor. Let the doctor know how you're doing and everything with the medicine. You can't can't be willy-nilly with her if it's bothering you or if it's making you constipated, if it's making you eat more, or if you feel more agitated on it or whatever. You've got to tell your doctor so they can help you get that together can't just not not at get you know just take the pills and then just be done with the doctor you have to do all those things that's why earlier when I said you know CBT and um, DBT those types of therapies are just good for people to go and talk and just and, and just let it all out whatever's bothering you whatever's on your mind whatever's on your on your heart just talk about it the things that are bothering you or what have you. That's why I, I, I'm so proud and I celebrate myself. And anybody else out there that is struggling with a mental health issue, you are not alone. You're just not alone. You are just not alone. You are not alone. And it's okay. And it's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay for you not to go and get some help. But then it's not okay for you to be the boy that cried wolf either. Can't keep making up mental health scenarios in your in your head or making up scenarios in your head manipulating people. That's not good. That's not good at all. But I just wanted to give that little sidebar that I've had six months of mental sobriety and I'm very excited and that I'm still taking the medicine, still going to the doctor still trying to figure out this mental health journey, this self, self-love self journey that I'm on, still trying to figure that out, still trying to um, figure out where I go with this or how I end this. 
But anywho, let's get back to seasonal affective disorder. I think it's so important to talk about it because people don't, people have had it, but you didn't know what you was going through. You didn't know, you just thought you just crabby or it's just getting cold and the cold weather just made you irritable. It's the, it's the seasonal affective disorder. It's the time change. It does it to all of us. It ain't just a group of people that take medication. It can be anybody. You know, and we've got now through March, to have to deal with all this cold weather and getting dark early and and light and everything in the morning. I, I'm glad it's going to be some light in the morning. That that I am glad about because I don't like driving at night. And I get off early so I won't have to drive. I won't have to drive at night. Now that those things I'm I'm glad about. But just you know, people just that are listening to me, that are watching me on this live, just listen, just listen to your bodies. Notice how you start to crave more carbs or notice how you want to sleep all the time. Notice just a change in patterns that you may not have had back in the summer that you pick up here um, post-summer or pre-fall, pre-winter. Just pay attention to yourself. It, it'll, you'll be very fascinated if you, once you listen to your body and you can start to kind of understand your body's rhythm and its, and its movements. You'll, you'll be surprised at what you'll find out about yourself about this disorder. But I just, again, it's not bipolar. I can't stress that enough. It is not bipolar. It is um, a depressive a depressive disorder and I've talked about depression I've talked about the signs and the symptoms you lose joy in things you want to do you sleep more you're sad you you tend to eat more you just lose interest in things that you once had taken pleasure in those are some of the signs symptoms of depression and there's some of the signs and symptoms of seasonal affective disorder as well so just, I just tell my listeners, just listen to yourself. Listen to your bodies, listen to yourself. Get yourself, you know, get yourself a, a Himalayan salt lamp. Again, Family Dollar, Target, Walmart, Amazon, they have them. And they've got some cute, they got these cute little lamps in here. These little white lights. Just anything you can find that'll bring you out of the funk and just make you feel better. You know, white light, the Himalayan salt lamp. I, I, I find it to be very, 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 very beneficial. And something else that I've started doing is drinking water. All that sugar can be agitating to you as well. And I feel like the more, the more water you drink, the more clarity that you can get. And you'll eventually you'll lose a taste. You'll lose a taste for sodas after a while. I ain't got that part. I ain't got to that point yet. But um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And I think that's something too. The carbs, the sugar, the bread, the pasta, all that, fried foods, all them carbs and things, 
you know, to make us feel full and make us feel lethargic and sleepy. Just drink some water. I'm telling you, water, water will just help. It, it, it clears out the impurities, and I think it also gives you a sense of clarity. So I encourage my listeners to drink plenty of water. If you haven't now, you need to start because water, water is a good thing. Water is a very, very, very good thing. It's not bad at all. Not at all. I miss you too, Janiah Matthews. I see you. I see you on Facebook. So Spotify and Apple Tunes, I heard about you too since I don't said your name. I miss you too. So. We've talked about seasonal affective disorder. We talked about my six months of mental sobriety, taking my medication, being diligent in my mental health. We made fun of Khloe Kardashian because she's plastic, so the COVID is not going to stay with her long. The last day the early vote was yesterday. But Tuesday is the most important day on the calendar. If you haven't voted, go vote. You can get 50% off on Lyft. If you if you type in the code election 2020, Lyft is getting 50% 50% off on rides to the polls. I think that's important to know. These ride sharing groups are giving off discounts. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are doing ride shares that are giving rides to the polls. Don't be afraid to go. If you have to stand in line two or three hours, then you have to stand in line two or three hours. It is your right. It is a duty. It is a call to arms. You know, people died so I could vote. When I think about all the old videos and all that stock footage I see from the Voting Rights, the Voting Rights Act, all those people that went to Mississippi and Alabama and all those states trying to get people to register to vote, and all those different things, and people lost their lives behind it, and then I can't vote. That, that it, you, you can't say nothing the morning after. Because I feel like if you don't vote, then you, you don't have a right in, 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 in the game of things to complain about what, what's happening if you didn't exercise your right. You know, everybody's going to Monday morning quarterback it. Everybody's going to talk Wednesday about Oh, so-and-so should have done this. Oh, so-and-so should have done that. Oh, so-and-so should have done this and that. That's with anything. That's not just with politics. That's with life, relationships, work, school, what have you. Oh, you know so-and-so? You know, they should have done this or done that. But then it's done already. So what can you do? But I feel like that if you have invested any time in it or in yourself, then you can't complain about it. You really can't. I'm, 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 I, I know some people that are not going to vote, and that's cool and everything, because that's them. I, I'm not them. But I sure don't want to hear you complain Wednesday or January when they have a State of the Union address, and he starts talking, or whoever starts talking, and then you come in there with your five cents. I don't want to hear it. Because you did not take part in the political process. Now, I know all the schemes and all the, you talk about the presidents are already elected and, and they're picked out by the Rothschilds and, and all these other secret societies and all that. And that's fine. 
you know, and, and there may be some truth to that. Who knows? But I know that yesterday I voted. I felt good. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was afraid to go vote. I wasn't going to vote, to be honest with you. And then I'm sitting up here telling you not to complain. But I wasn't going to vote. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around all these people that are for Trump and all these people that are for Biden. All the dissension, all the rhetoric I've read, how everybody is talking about black people. You know, they talked about Christ, too. Just remember that, you know, in the midst of all this going on, they talked about Christ. So, you know, them talking about these people is, is nothing. But I, I didn't. I really, honestly, guys, I didn't want to vote because it, it was it was heightening my anxiety. Because I was just like, oh my God, my anxiety is so so high. Cause like I didn't know if I was gonna vote. I didn't know who I was gonna vote for. I I I had started reading up on the independents. I wanted to go in there and change my political affiliation. I I didn't know what I was gonna do. But I got up yesterday morning and got dressed and said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go vote. And I did it. Still had anxiety. But I felt better after I did it, though. I really, 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 really did. Because I just think about the people that died for me to do it. You know, and, and again, we all know the conspiracy theories, the presidents are selected, they're not elected. We, we, we know all that. We know all that. But we still, every four years, go through this, the emails, the texts, the phone calls, the flyers, the stickers, people coming to your house, people calling you, people stopping you in front of Walmart, asking you, are you voting, are you registered to vote? We go through it every year, no matter what. Every four years we go through this. So this should not be anything new to us. You know, but um, yesterday was the last day to early vote. I finally got it done. But don't forget, Tuesday is election day. There's no school Tuesday. Oh, my God. I, I can't take it. I need them kids to be in school 24-7. I need them to spend the night at school. Because, mm. again, this remote learning I talked about earlier, the kids are slowly in the CMS district. They're slowly weaning them back into the school. They got to go back. I'm just saying. I can't. I can't anymore. I thought I could, but I can't. Now I see what teachers really go through, where a real elementary teacher has to go through. All the different personalities, you know, trying to teach the lesson, kids that don't want to learn, kids that want to learn, kids that may have deficits, kids that may have other things going on in their lives. I get it. I get it 110%. I see it. And I applaud you. 
because I don't know how y'all do it every day. I, I really don't. And then there's some teachers that I've seen that just don't give a damn. I've read progress reports, and I'm like, really? Are you serious? You know, some teachers go through the social-emotional, the social, the social piece that um, no child left behind type of thing. You know what I'm saying? They're like, no child left behind. Social promotion is what they call it. I don't like that because I feel like if you need to be held back, you should be held back. It doesn't mean that you're dumb. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that you did not acquire your skill set that you needed to take with you to go to the next level. You can stay back and build that skill set and get that skill set together. I wish that my mother had let me get held back in the fifth grade when they wanted me to be. I really do. I have I have regrets. I was supposed to have been held back. Um, my dad was like, yes, hold her back. My mom was like, no, let her be promoted. Uh, and I wish that my mom had said, hold her back. I really do. I have real regrets about that. I feel like I would have matured more if I had been held back. Would I still have been able to be with my friends? No. But I have would have had a better understanding of some things that I didn't have understanding of and my maturity level might have blossomed and, and grown as opposed to just pushing me on through when I wasn't ready to go through. So that's why that no child left behind, I can't get with it. I can't, I, I, I you know, they always hell about that crime bill of 94 that Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and everybody else was pushing through. You need to go back and look at No Child Left Behind. That's the one you need to go back and look at. That's the one you need to go back and look at and deconstruct because social promotion is not good for these kids. And, I'm, and I noticed, too, all these young African-American children, I've never seen the technology that they have to be able to, um, to take in. I'm watching seven, eight, nine-year-olds type in passwords and, and type in this and, and they know they passwords and they know how to go to Canvas and they, and they know how to go to NC, Rapid Eye, whatever, RapidIdentity.com and, and pull up their CMS, CMS X 2035 and stuff like that. And, and then again, I've seen their teachers fail them. I've seen teachers literally walk out of class. I saw a teacher one day last week. I said, did she just walk out of class? And the kids were like, yup. I'm like, ain't she supposed to be teaching? How, how, how do you as an educator just get up and walk out of class? What gives you the, the unmitigated gall to get up and walk out of class while you're supposed to be teaching? Or the one I like the best, the teacher may teach for 20, 25 minutes and be like, oh, we're done. Ain't it supposed to be like a 40-minute class? Are you kidding me? How are you, how are you done? 
you can't do that. You're not supposed to do that. I have seen I have seen some crazy things since I've been helping with remote learning. I like to call it the world's longest study hall because that's what it feels like, study hall. You got a bunch of kids that come there every day and they sit there for a couple of hours and then they go home. The world's longest attention, the world's longest study hall. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But that just floored me when I saw that teacher just get up and walk out of class. Or their computers are not working, or their computer shuts down or something. And then, you know, we're left to have to teach the kids for another, you know, have to find them something to do for another 30, 35 extra minutes because their teacher didn't want to teach no more. And then you socially promote these kids. I, I can't. I can't stand it. I absolutely, I can't stand it. You, you can't do that. Sometimes a child needs to be held back. It ain't going to hurt them. It will not hurt them at all to be held back. You know, it might help their self-esteem. It might calm them down. You might be able to catch something in them that you can help them with. So when, they do, when you do promote them the next year, you'll be able to nip it in the bud instead of just pushing them along. And it's like, oh, what? Oh, Luther? Oh, he's going on. I, I can't deal with him next year. No. Luther might need to stay another year and, and, and understand that math because Luther might not understand that math and Luther might write his threes backwards instead of promoting them on and, and he's going to write the three backwards and ain't nobody going to catch him and do nothing about it. That's, that's not cute. Or your teacher's going to teach for 20 minutes and she's going to get up and walk out the classroom. Who does that? Who does that? Teachers at CMS. Now, I'm not bashing all the teachers. No, I'm not because I'm a teacher myself, but I teach little children. I teach small, I teach small people. But not all the teachers in CMS are bad, but I see some teachers that I'm like, really? You, you just, you, this, this is the only occupation that you could find to teach? The only occupation you could find to do? Because that's ridiculous. Again, they, they, they raised eight kinds of hell about this crime bill during this election. They need to go back and look at the Bush No Child Left Behind. They need to go back and fix that. I think if they, if they fix that, that might be in lieu with the crime bill. It might be able to alleviate some of this preschool to prison pipeline that we keep seeing to generate. And speaking of the prison, the pipeline, I saw something on the news today that, that has nothing to do with anything that I've talked about. But Salisbury received a grant for $270,000 to combat homelessness and the criminal justice system. The only city in North Carolina to win the grant, several other cities throughout the United States got the grant. But they say Salisbury has a high homeless rate. Um, hello? Because you don't push half of them to Salisbury that was in Charlotte. I know what you did. Most of the people that were homeless, you done shipped them out there to Salisbury, Gastonia, Concord, all out there in the outskirts, 
So now they get a grant for $270,000 to alleviate the homelessness problem in the court system. They don't think Charlotte has a homeless problem? I was homeless, and the homeless problem is crazy. And you got one shelter, one, in this city that beds two plus, 200 plus people. But rumor had it that they didn't have no beds and it'd be up to three days before they had beds. Are you kidding me? They can't build another shelter? And that's not an enabling issue. That's a homeless issue. People deserve dignity and respect. I see people walking around here, you know, with shopping carts, big old book bags, backpacks, just walking the streets. You know, they talked about Tent City before the convention came, how they tore down Tent City and they went back and put it back up. People need a place to lay their heads. It's ridiculous to me. Salisbury gets that grant. Mecklenburg County needed that grant. Mecklenburg County, instead of building all these condos and all these apartments over in the South End, where I stay, which I can't afford to stay at now because it's way out of my price range, you need to build some affordable housing. You need to give people their dignity back. During this COVID, I'm telling you, people have lost their dignity. They've lost their way. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. And it's nice Governor Cooper signed the moratorium for evictions and all that. And that's cool. And that's nice. And that's gravy and all that. But people want to be able to come into something of their very own. And why veterans can't get no decent housing, I will never understand. Veterans and seniors, single women with mental health issues, such as myself, why those three, those three demographics can't get no help, I'll never understand. But you can throw up a condo right there by the light rail and charge $1,100 a month for one bedroom. That's ridiculous. People working two and three jobs. Some people have to decide whether or not are they going to buy their medicines for the month or are they going to eat. I've talked about it before. This is ridiculous. And Salisbury got that grant. I saw it on the news this morning when I was at the laundromat. Talking about they're trying to combat the homeless problem and um, homeless people going through the criminal justice system. $270,000. That's not a lot of money. $270,000 is not a lot of money, y'all. I want y'all to know that. That is not a lot of money. And you're trying to combat homelessness? You can't build nothing. You can't refurbish nothing for $270,000. All this property and all this land and all this gentrification that's going on here in Mecklenburg County, and they can't. When they can't find a place for people to lay their heads, tent city back up again, up and running again. I'll never understand it. Never. Now, I don't have all the solutions to all the problems, but I'm just pointing out to what I see is going on, and it's got to stop. It's ridiculous. The homeless problem. I just, I'm just like one shelter. 
one women's and children's shelter, there's a domestic violence shelter, and there's a women's shelter, women and kids shelter, the one on Spratt Street. That's where I stayed. You need more than one, guys. Because people that are homeless, that are in need of help, they can't get it. You got to go to Davidson, go Salisbury, got to go Cornelius, got to go Hickory and all these places. You end up in Asheville or what have you. End up in Rutherfordton or whatever. This is their home. This is where they live. They live in Charlotte. Why they can't get help here in Charlotte? It's ridiculous, guys. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, now that I've done got off my rant box, I just want to tell you where you can find me and what we're going to be doing next week. You can find me on all social media. I'm on Facebook. I am the Adrian Michelle Freeman. I am the elephant in the room on Facebook. I am the underscore Adrian underscore Michelle underscore Freeman on Instagram. I am the elephant in the room on Instagram. And when you spell elephant, it's E-L-3-P-H-A-N-T. It's not the way you spell elephant. You spell elephant, you spell it E-L-3-P-H-A-N-T in the room. Go to my website, Safe with Adrian. You can listen to any past episodes. You can look at my stand-up. You can look at pictures. You can look at stories. You can look at my bio. Just go check it out. Tell me if you like it, if you don't like it, if you don't care. I've got t-shirts for sale, um, $10. They're green, the green elephant, the elephant in the room. Just hit me up and hit message me if you want a t-shirt. I have been and still will be the Adrian Michelle Freeman, and you have watched and listened to The Elephant in the Room. Next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'll, make a, I'll post it on Facebook what we're going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to do until I get home and sit down and think about it. But thank you guys so much for watching. All my followers, all my viewers, I thank you so much. And until next week, take care. Bye.